met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Another episode of Subconscious Films. I'm your host, General Lee, for tonight. Uh, we shall undoubtedly embark on a journey of also fascination as we go back on our remarkable returning guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dave Patella. Alan, Dave. Hey, thanks, General. I appreciate you having me back. It's been, uh, how long has it been now, mate? Uh, a month, about a month. Yeah, I think it's been about a month. Yeah, yeah. So, Looking forward to speaking to you again. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. We got a different, uh, different uh, type of topic today, which uh, we're both excited about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mate, I don't know where to begin with it. Because it is just all the, uh, if only. But uh, you've, you've had some interactions, haven't you, Dave? Yeah, I've had, um, I mean, I've had probably 20... 20 plus, I would say. I could probably think of 20. Uh, either either relating to uh, craft in the sky, uh, both during the day and the nighttime. Um, I've seen um, depictions of extraterrestrials, not, um, well, I, I shouldn't say not bodily, but not traditionally in a physical form. But I know what they, I know what some of them look like. I've visually seen some of them. And we can get into that too. Um, and then there's a lot of them that are just like, you know, you, you go into an area and you know something is there because just how you feel, you know, it's just a little bit off. And uh, how was you when you first started happening day? Well, let me think about that. I want to say my first, the first um, extraterrestrial craft that I saw, and you know, given like when I was younger, I pro- I might have seen something, but I probably wasn't really like looking for that. You know, and I'm, I, when you're a kid too, and everything's magical when you're a kid, you know, so it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't think twice about it, you know, even with all the, <laughs> I think kids um, astral travel a lot more commonly too, because uh, it's just part of their spiritual world. No one has told them mm-hmm. that it's their dream life and their astral life is any different than their uh, waking life, you know, so it's just, it's yeah. all normal to them. And then when you look yeah. back and like, uh, when you become an adult, people say, you know what happened to you? <laughs> You're like, well, was, <laughs> oh, I was fine, with it. and that wasn't a big deal until you like, you know, called it out and tried to make it into a big deal. Um, but it's interesting because I want to say uh, it was 2008. Yeah. And uh, 2008, it's interesting year because that was also the year that a lot of my friends um, and the people that I work with also kind of started their their big spiritual awakening. 
And uh, that was kind of the lead up, I think, to 2012, which was kind of the opening, the real spiritual opening that I do believe did happen for sure. We're living in a completely different world now. Um, so I want to say it was 2008. I'd say between 2008 and 2009, I had a, a series of things happen. Um, the first one, actually, General, it was actually, it's actually a ghost story. My, my first high-level uh, spiritual creepy experience was actually a ghost. And um, I was working at a hotel in uh, the state of Texas, in the United States. And uh, it, it was a very well-known haunted hotel. You know, this is, everyone knew that there were things going on there and, and people had seen things and heard things. And I talked to one of the guys and he said that every time he went through the staircase, he actually said a, uh, a prayer because there was an entity that hung out in one of the staircases. So, you know, me being, at the time, I was, uh, was that two, fifth, 13? Let's see, I was about, about, I guess I was about 20, 22, something like that, um, at the time. So, you know, I said, okay, this is probably not real. You guys are being ridiculous. And so I did, you know, the stupidest thing that I could do is I, I provoked the situation, which I do not recommend anyone doing that. If you're going to go into a spiritual situation, go in with respect um, and don't demand anything. And usually what I do is I say, if, if something is going to be given to me, I'm open to the experience, you know. But, um, did, uh, did things go wrong for you at the start, uh, Dave? Uh, with this experience you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what happened is... Um, Actually, I went to, uh, there was a part of the hotel that was under construction. I, I wasn't supposed to be up in that section, but I had some free time and I said, you know what, whatever. I, I just want to see if this is real. And I was kind of bored and I was kind of restless at the time and, uh, you know, I was slightly rebellious and I'm like, all right, let's just see what happens. So I went up there and it actually looks like, um, it looks like the floor layout actually of The Shining. I'm sure you've seen that movie. Oh, and, yes. Uh, classic and it's shining a little bit oh yeah so it's it's at like square um the square kind of setup the configuration you know where like, you go down one uh hallway then you turn like immediately yeah, left and, right like, and, oh, you yeah. and you go down yeah yeah and all yeah. all the numbers in the doors were like uneven you know the floor was uneven and um there's all kinds of paintings and stuff hanging up everywhere and so um what ended up happening was the story is that there's, uh, I believe it was a senator, a senator of the state of Texas, which is, you know, a government position. Uh, he was visiting this hotel in the 1930s, I think the 1930s. And his daughter was with him, and she actually uh, fell down the grand staircase and was killed. Very, very sad story. Um, and that's the same staircase that's right in the, right in the um, entrance to the hotel right there. So um, they, someone painted a memorial for her, which was a really nice thing. And, uh, you know, I, I totally appreciate that and I agree with that approach. And they hung it up in the hotel and I, it might have moved around, you know, through the years. I'm not really sure. But anyway, they hung it up up there and I was I wanted to go find it because the story that was told to me was that if you're st if you're looking at the picture, she'll actually start to frown. Like you'll see the smile turn into a frown or the smirk turn oh, into a frown be, as you look. That would be uh, very strange to see. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I was, I was stupid 
and uh, especially of the spiritual world. And I, you know, I thought this was all fake. So I, what did I have to lose? You know, so I, I got up there and um, it was already creepy to begin with because there was plastic on the ground because they were painting. And so as I'm walking on the plastic, it is, well, it's like, yeah, it's like plastic protect the carpet, you know, from oh. the paint on the walls and stuff. And so as I'm, as I'm walking, the plastic is actually coming up behind me and it's, it's like dead quiet up there. So I could hear like, you know, it sounds like someone's following me basically because the plastic, <laughs> like a delayed reaction as I'm walking. Shit, shit, right? Yep. So then uh, I went up, I finally, there's probably, I mean, there's probably 200 pictures hanging up uh, across that. It's, it's actually one floor. It's actually one level. And you're probably, that's probably 50 feet up in there, maybe more than that. Yeah, probably 50 feet up in the air. You know, it's one of the upper upper levels. And so I finally found it. I finally found this painting. It was a very specific painting. It was a girl holding, I believe, holding a bouquet of flowers. I believe that's what it was. And that was the girl that lost her life in, on the uh, staircase. And so I found it, and I looked at it, and I felt very, very uneasy very fast. It was a very strange thing because, you know, I was not expecting that. I didn't think it could even happen. Um, but I felt like kind of a terror. It was do, uh, do very think, bad. Do you, do you think that uh, that photo it was holding, do you think that, that was the spirit or whatever it was that was around you? Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened next because this, this is just the lead up right here. So I'm looking at it. I feel like uh, it's it's really bad anxiety. It was also almost like a paralyzing anxiety, and I actually don't think I ever really felt that before. It felt like really, like really kind of, in some ways, kind of evil. You know, it felt actually very, very dark. So um, I'm looking at it, and I felt really bad. And then I actually felt something. It moved through my body. I was standing. I was facing facing the wall. It actually moved through the right side of my body, like through the torso. It came out the left side of my body on the side. And I felt it go through my body, General. I mean, there was no mistaking. There was like a weird energy that went straight through my body. And then when it came out the left side, I felt it come out and I looked to my left. And there was a shadow that was actually crawling on the baseboard of the floor. I saw, I saw, I saw a, like a black shadow. I actually did see that visually. And that was in concert with, you know, what happened previous to that. And then I looked down the hall and there's these, uh, sconces, you know, the old fashioned lights, like a Phantom of the Opera style that they have in, in that, uh, opera house there that are mounted on the wall, like really old fashioned looking lights, really beautiful yeah. lights. But anyway, I looked down there and they actually, they all flashed, they flashed one after the other. So it was like in succession, like one flashed, it went out, the next one flashed, went out, the next one flashed, went out. There were probably like eight of them. And it went all the way down, probably like 100 feet to the end of the corridor. Oh. And so, so I, I, could, uh, I could not really calm down for probably at least two hours. I mean, I had, I had an elevated heart rate for probably like two hours straight. And I didn't even think that was possible. So I left as fast as I could. I went back downstairs because uh, I was working there at the time. Uh, after that, I, I actually did not want to be in uh, my apartment by myself. 
because I, I felt like it was still with me. You know, there was some connection that it, it's it basically saying to me, hey, OK, if you're going to provoke me, then I'm going to show you what this is all about. Um, it may not have it may not have been the girl, though, General. It may have been some kind of an entity because I don't feel like she would have done that. Um, in fact, one of the reasons that she might have died was because there was an entity that was provoking her when she was a kid. I think there was something else there. Not it wasn't uh, like a. I might not have been a human, to be honest with you. It might have been something a lot worse, a lot more darker than that. So I went back to my apartment, and then for probably two or three months, I I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep, and I didn't understand. You know, my whole understanding of the world completely shifted. And I said, okay, now I have to somehow accommodate for what just happened. And I don't understand what, what even happened. I don't understand what that was about. Do, do, so, do, you, do you think it was, uh, as in like, uh, like a, a dark entity or something along those lines, Dave? Yeah, I think it was probably, um, probably some kind of demon. That's kind of what it felt like to me. It did not feel, um, did not feel ET. The ET has a very different feeling to me. Uh, the, the ET usually to me feels it has a very weird feeling, but not like a, usually not a threatening feeling, but just like weird. Oh, what do you mean by if you don't mind me asking? What do you mean by weird? Well, it's just like you're like you just feel like it's it's almost like a magnetism with the ET uh, presence. It feels like the air around you has been like magnetized differently. And you feel it feels like it's swirling almost, and it it makes your body uh, really <laughs> off balance. And and I have not really experienced that with the demonic stuff. The demonic stuff it really just invokes uh, fear, and it's a very immediate immediately. It's a very different thing to, for me. So anyway, I went back to my apartment, and I actually said uh, like a formal prayer, because I said, please, like after two months, I actually just I apologized. I said, man, I'm really sorry. I should not have done that. You know, I wish you all of the grace in the spirit world, and and I, I really hope that you find what you're looking for. And I apologize, you know. And uh, after I said that prayer, it actually left me, you know. And that's why the thing, the big thing for me is going with respect. And uh, a yeah, lot of these, yeah. a lot of these spirits, man, a lot of the spirits and a lot of the the demonic entities and things, they may be lost and confused, just like a lot of us are, you know, down here on the earth. So yeah, some of them. Yeah, so some of them, they may be kind of reacting because they're, maybe they're scared, you know, or maybe they're confused or maybe they don't know where they are. And so I believe uh, for those of us who can, we should try to help them as well. Not everyone can see them and experience them, but for those of us who can, I always wish the best uh, for all the spirit world. Um, and if you do things to hurt other people or manipulate, manipulate other people, that will be taken care of um, with cosmic law. I don't even have to do that. It's going to be taken care of. So I let the universe deal with that, you know, but I, I ultimately, that, yeah, I, I ultimately want, I ultimately want every spirit and all the things that are visible and invisible to be able to work in harmony. You know, we're all going to be different, but we can all treat each other with respect. That's my baseline belief. At least, at least we can. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Dave. Well said, mate. That is a spot on that. But uh, I'm intrigued at these these uh, interactions. Uh, do you think 
do you think um, anything would have been the like to cause it? I think it was the, already there. Yeah, it was. It basically lived in the hotel, and I and I was aware of that because, like I said, one of the guys I worked with. He told me he said a prayer every time he went through one of the side stairwells, and I thought it was weird until I experienced yeah. what I experienced. Um, you know, if you've experienced something malevolent, believe me, you know it. You absolutely know it. There's no question. Like cold as ice, cold as ice, no love. Um, so in any case, that was kind of the first thing. That was 2008. And then... Uh, yeah. Shortly after that, I had, uh, I mean, if that wasn't extreme enough, but the thing about that is that that was not, that was not ET. That was a, a different kind of thing. That was a, I think a, a dark entity, you know, or demonic yeah. entity. And again, I wish it all, all grace. And if I can help it and it's going to be respectful of me, then I'm happy. I'm happy to do that. I'm, I'm, I jump right in general, you know, I'm trying to bridge all of the races and all of the different species so we can all work together. Um, yeah. but if, uh, yeah, here's, here's, but here's the deal though, is that if you're not going to be respectful of me, then you're not going to be coming into my life, you know, and I'm actually going to tell yeah. you to stay away from me. And I'm very direct about that. So if you're confused, some men, some of them are actually, some of them are actually really scared. A lot of them are really timid. Um, some of them are aware that they, they look scary and that doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're, uh, have malevolent intent. I think some of the spirits that end up looking kind of weird and frightening um, has to do with a lack of energy in their body is that they can't um, make their mind create the body that they want. They don't have enough uh, mental power or uh, kind of prana running through their body. So I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't have a problem with if, if there's something that appears that looks weird or frightening, as long as you don't have malevolent intent. And I know that because you can feel that, you know. Yeah, uh, the yeah, energy. You can feel that in some, in some humans. You can feel that energy as well, can't you? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, the ill intent in some people is uh, is frightening, Dave. Oh, the alien stuff. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Yeah. All right, so, so I'll go into I'll go into that next if you're ready to uh, take it that direction. Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it started off last night and it's just um, it started to ramp up. <laughs> it's uh, it's fascinating, mate. All right, so that was uh that was two thousand eight, and then uh, two thousand nine. I did not get a break. You know, it was back to back pretty much. I think it was all within a, I think it was all within about a year. Yeah, it was all within about a year, if I'm not mistaken. So like uh, mid two thousand eight to mid 2009 or even fall 2009 that's when all of this happened all of the kind of i usually refer to it as kind of the initiation you know it's like the universe is saying okay dave you don't believe okay we'll show you we'll show you what's out there and then you're gonna yeah. understand that there's some other things going on um so anyway the second thing that happened i trying to remember if that was two yeah there must have been two Okay, so I shared this story uh, on my friend Karen Holton's show. She's also my co-host uh, on one of the podcasts I do called oh, Aliens. Nice, mate. Uh, what's your what's the show called, uh, Dave? Well, it's called Aliens and Astrology. Um, I think Aliens. the show actually that I sh- I might have shared on, on her show because she has her own show. It's called the Quantum Guides Show. Quantum Guides. What's the, and, the host name? Karen. 
Karen Holton, H-O-L-T-O-N. She's uh, she does great work. Go check out her stuff for sure. Shout out to Karen. Mm-hmm. And that is Quantum Quantum Guides show. It's all um Karen has her own YouTube channel. You got it's the best way to find all of her shows. Okay. And me and Karen, of course, do a lot of work together. And so um she's had a lot of ET experiences herself, actually a huge amount of ET experiences. Um She's actually been on uh, craft before and been interacting with different life forms and talks about how the craft is sentient and it's it's all kinds of just unbelievable accounts. Do you mean like different um, different alien species? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all appear differently, and a lot of them are very tall. You know, different uh, skin, it, uh, different features. Uh, and do they, do they, are they like uh, as they call like different races? Yeah, I think that's what I would call it. I'm not sure how she would characterize it. Um, so in any case, uh, Karen's got some great stories too. But uh, 2000, yeah, okay, anyway. So I, I shared this story on Karen's show about my experience yeah. in New Mexico. This is, again, the United States, New Mexico. It's in the southwest, uh, borders Arizona and Texas. So I went to New Mexico. I was in the Four Corners region, which is well known for uh, strange energy. I'll put it that way. And uh, I was at an area actually called uh, Shiprock. Now, if people are not aware of Shiprock, New Mexico, just please do a quick Google search so you can see what it looks like. Uh, it's a very imposing, essentially um, eroded volcanic cylinder. It yeah. is, uh, used to be at the bottom of the ocean, and now it's 6,000 feet above sea level. And so there's obviously been some massive geological changes in, the, in that part of the United States to make that happen. But uh, it used to be at the bottom of the ocean, and you can see where the lava flowed across the road, and it makes this long tail, probably like a mile-long tail coming off of the main feature. And it looks like a, sp a spine, actually looks like a spine coming off of it. Um, so anyway, I was out there, and I just, you know, I just wanted to see what was going on. This is one of my first road trips that I went on. Of course, I've been to uh, all 50 states and most of Canada as well. Uh, and I completed that by... In 2013, I believe I had already been. How long did it, did it take you to do all that, Dave? Uh, it took me to. Well, I had a little bit of a break. I mean, to, in total, I would say 2008. In total, it took me five years. Five years to, to basically travel all across America. Exactly. And most of that I actually did within two years. And then it was Alaska and Hawaii that, you know, you have to go out of your way to make that happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. later on, but Gee, anyway, yeah, so, so I, I have the firsthand experience to share with people and, you know, being, being a scientist, it's absolutely vital to have firsthand experience. Um, I can listen to a story and I can say, oh, that sounds ridiculous or yeah, I believe that. But you know what? Yeah. If someone says, hey, Dave, there's this like weird site and it has like strange energy. Well, then I say, okay, I'll go there because I'm going to actually feel the energy. I want to see what's going on. Um, it's different reading a book or hearing an, an account from someone else, completely different than you going in with a blank slate. It's actually the best way to do it is to go in with completely blank slate and don't have, just have someone, you know, say, yeah, this just yeah. go check out the site. Just go check out the site. Tell me what you think. And sometimes I'll yeah, come just back. Just don't say anything about it. Is that the best way to do it, mate? Don't say a word is, about it. Just. 
That's that is the best way to do it. Just tell the person that it exists and say I'd rather going out there. And then <laughs> I mean, quite a few times, quite a few times I come back to the person. I'm like, I'm like, man, you knew that that was gonna mess me up, you know. And and I say, okay, <laughs> you got me, you got me. Um, but then I come away enriched with more information, better understanding, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like an ambassador for the spirit world, and that includes. Uh, all kinds of spirits, you know, I can, um, I can interact and, and communicate with most of them. Now, whether, whether I want to or not, that's a different story. It depends on, again, it depends on what their motive is. And I want to know that they have uh, everyone's best interest in mind, including their own best interest. Yeah. And if they do, then it's a green light for me. Even if you look hideous or you're scary looking, I don't care because maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe they don't want to look like that. You know, who, how many people have asked that question, General? You know, you have a demon and you say, you know, are you, are you doing okay, mate? You know, like, what's going on with you? If I can help you, let me know. And you know what? Some of these demons, I bet you no one's ever asked them that. So since they always, they constantly get ignored and like, they feel like people were scared of them, that it just reinforces that. And then they keep projecting that. When, when hey, do, you, do you think, do you think uh, all demons speak uh, English? Oh, definitely not. And I think there's all kinds of varieties. Yeah. Uh, you know, Latin, <laughs> Latin is a big one, of course. Latin, be, uh... Latin, Latin is very similar to the word uh, Satan, which is, you know, Satan, essentially. So when I hear, you know, and I'm not putting any language down, but I'm just saying, when I hear Latin, I don't really feel great. I don't like how it sounds. It sounds creepy. It sounds serpent. <laughs> Sounds very serpentine to me, actually. Very strange. To <laughs> it see. sounds creepy. Yeah, it's, it feels reptilian. You know, I'm just gonna say that. It feels like a reptilian language to me. Um, not my first choice, you know. Not my first choice. So, anyway. As soon as, um, as, soon as we finish, mate, I will. I will. I'm actually writing it down. I'm just trying to listen to it on YouTube. Let's <laughs> do it again, though. What? Oh, mate, I want to try and listen to it on YouTube after. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the you know, the Catholic Church does Latin masses still, yeah. you know, in some areas and stuff. Um, so in any case, uh, I'm going to move on to the ET stories so we can uh, get into what happened here. So yes, please. First, I, my first experience was either a ghost uh, and or a demon. This was not, again, this was not extraterrestrial. No way. Did not feel like that. Um, so then the next thing that happens, I'm at Chiprock, New Mexico. And this is on the Navajo reservation for people that don't are not aware of that. Uh, and oftentimes on Native American reservations, there's a lot of close contact with ET presence. Uh, a lot of them are very used to it and they call them their you know, star brothers and sisters. It's not a big deal. Um, some of them uh, say that they communicate with them regularly, even. So, you know, I think I think some of the world, they don't make a huge deal out of it. I've even talked to people that yeah. said, you know what? We just, we try to respect each other's space. And as long as you don't come messing with me, I'm not going to come messing with you, you know? So respect my tribe and you guys will be okay. We're not going to bother you. Um, they actually told, they told, me that, they told me that in relation actually to the Skinwalker story. They said, the yeah, they said, Skinwalker story. well, they said that, yeah, they're out there, you know, and they say, but they generally won't come bother us and we just let them pass through and be on their way. You know, they're usually not after, um, yeah, the specific tribe or something like that, but that's a weird topic too. That's a very strange topic. 
So anyway, Skinwalkers. Yeah, the skin. Well, the, of course, the Skinwalker Ranch television show. I don't know if you've probably seen that. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I have. Very interesting show that take, takes place in yeah. Utah, uh, which yeah. is not uh, Utah borders New Mexico to the, to the north. Well, to the northwest, actually. But okay. So anyway, I'm, I'm at Chip Rock, New Mexico. It's on the Navajo Reservation. This is 2009, I believe. Beginning of 2009, maybe April. And I'm driving through the area. Um, the rock is very striking. It's a very striking rock formation. It's very impressive. It sticks uh, up out of, there's nothing remotely that high anywhere around it. So it's like, it's not flat, but it's um, very, very stark monument sort of on the landscape. So anyway, I'm driving through there and I'm saying, wow, that's pretty creepy looking. You know, I didn't really, <laughs> again, I, 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 didn't really, I didn't really like it um i'm not you know just much the feeling i got but that you know that wasn't even what was about to happen so then i'm looking around i'm looking up at the sky and there's clouds a few clouds coming in and i'm looking up at the cloud and i'm saying i see a face in that cloud and this is this is believe me believe me face in the cloud this is right and this is not pareidolia i'm talking about i'm talking about that's how i describe it i'm talking about it's like an artist took like a stylus, dipped it in ink, and like drew the exact figure. This is not, oh, it kind of looks like this. This is like an imprint. Yeah. It's, it looked like a, almost like a photograph. It was unbelievably detailed. So Was it face, like uh, cartoon-like? Uh, the, not, not this one. No, it was pretty realistic. It wasn't, it wasn't right. cartoonish at all. No, um, I mean by cartoon-like, I mean like almost too real. Oh, it was very, yeah, it was, it was like someone, um, it was like, it, it was, uh, it was real, except not in flesh, you know, just, it had a different, basically, I'll put it that way. So when I say head, I'm talking about a massive, massive head. I'm not talking about a human size head. I'm talking about like, I don't know how I would describe how big this was. Maybe, um. And maybe 50, 60 feet tall. No, maybe up to 100 feet tall. Probably 100, probably 100 foot tall head in the clouds. And, it, you know, it was essentially it was an Indian, uh, Indian chief. And he had a skull cap on. He had a buffalo skull cap on. Unmistakable. I could see the top of the skull on his head. And I saw the horns of the uh, buffalo, I'm assuming, coming out of the side of that. And he was yeah. walking. He was observing me as I was driving, and uh, I looked down, or I looked to the side, and when I looked back up, his eyes had moved. The eyes had actually moved direction. So he was looking to the side, and then when I looked back, he was looking directly at, at my car as I was driving. Hey, that's fucked up Sorry. Oh, yeah, he's totally, you know, in, especially back then when I was not prepared for that, um it it did fuck me up you know i'm gonna be honest with you because it's it's not something that you can really be ever prepared for that uh oh. it, it wasn't it's not it was not a gentle initiation general it was like i went right into the flames yeah that's that's, uh, that's okay so, that, yeah and he you know he didn't look he didn't look really that inviting um you know, just because you again, just because you've got a skull cap on, it doesn't mean you're like malevolent or malicious or anything like that. It doesn't yeah, have to yeah. mean that. So in this particular instance, 
it didn't feel um yeah, it felt it felt foreboding i'll put it that way didn't feel did not feel great and his expressions were not particularly happy um that's not to say that it can't go the other way you know again this was my experience at this particular moment so that's the first thing that happened okay it's gonna get a lot weirder i mean that was just the beginning so yeah. um i noticed that some of the other clouds they look kind of weird but i couldn't figure out what i was looking at so what I did was I just took a few, took some pictures, you know, and uh, yeah. I guess I threw my uh, windshield as I was driving carefully, took a few pictures and I said, okay, I'll, I'll look at this later and I'll see if I see something else. Cause I had a feeling I wasn't seeing everything that was there. There was definitely something else kind of behind the scenes. So what I did, this is back in 2009. This is back when, um, the cameras, this was not a camera phone. This was a, a digital camera and it had limited memory space. You know, I, I had to take out the little chip there. So I pulled off to the side of the road to upload that chip uh, or the pictures I'd taken onto my computer. I mean, I could only take like 25 pictures. It's, it's unbelievable how far we've come since the, even the early 2000s here. Um, so I pulled over to the side of the road to clean my camera off so I could start taking more pictures. And I get out of my car and I hear the wind gets kicked up and it's not really wind. You know, I'm listening to it and I'm like, no, there's actually a voice. There's a voice in this wind. And it was one of the strangest things, man. It's very hard to explain again, very hard to try to explain what that was. But it sounded Arabic to me. It was very specific, very specific. It sounded like the Arabic dialect. Um, it was, it was kind of serpentine again, it was kind of reptilian language. It felt sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry, since you just say Arabic, yeah, Arabic, it it sounded Arabic for sure. Um, And so, uh, yeah, so I'm just standing there and and I'm saying, what do I make of this? You know, I, I had already been completely knocked off my feet, you know, from that first experience and it was not, it was not letting up, you know, it wasn't going to let me break here. So, um, um, anyway, so I basically, uh, I left the area, uh, there, there was also, uh, unfortunately there was a dog that had died on the side of the road as well. So all kinds of weird, bad energy in this area, you know, as I'm driving. So I, I'm like, you know, what? I've had enough of this. I don't know what, what this is, but I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. It's not a good thing. I don't like it. So that night. Uh, I actually drove into Colorado, the state of Colorado in the United States, which is, you know, this is the Four Corners region. So Colorado is directly north of New Mexico, very, very close to the border. I mean, probably it was probably half an hour drive, maybe 45 minutes. So uh, I drove into Colorado and um, that night I actually pulled over, you know, at the end of the night and I was looking at my pictures that I had taken. And the pictures were very strange and what i did is i zoomed in on them i had the magnifying button i was pressing to kind of get closer in on it and there were actually uh figures in the clouds there were um i'd say humanoid uh bodies and they were absolutely alien bodies this is what i was referring to at the beginning of the show that i said i know what they look like some of them because i've seen them I literally, well, the weird thing about it is I couldn't see them with um, my eye. 
I don't know if that's because they were too small in the clouds, but my camera found it. My camera saw it. And not only did my camera see it, but again, it was like an artist took a, a stylus or a pencil and actually drew the exact figure. Now, it's not a rough outline. We're talking about like a very, very specific, exact, um, something that was trying to be uh, appear or come, come forward through the clouds. So I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this and their bodies are different heights. Some of them are, you know, moderate. No, none of them were, actually, I shouldn't say that. I think they were all heights. Some of them were very short. Some of them were kind of mid-height. Some of them were very tall. Um, I would say most of them were fairly slender in body. And their heads were uh, of two styles. One of them was very, very tall, elongated. And I'm not talking, you know, you, you know about the Paracas uh, skulls, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming, in Peru. The Paracas skulls, are they the uh, strange-shaped ones? Yeah, they're the elongated skulls uh, in Peru. Yeah. And uh, they're elongated, but they're not, uh, I mean, they're fairly long, but the ones that I saw in the clouds were way longer than that. Really? And, you know, people like, think people. Probably fucking like a long doll vest, like a, like a dome. Like, a, say it again? Like a dome. Like a, a dome? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like, okay, well, there were two, there were two styles. One of them was um, the head went straight up you know, directly to the north of its body. Not, you know, so a lot of the elongated skulls, they kind of come out the back and they're long kind of out the back of the skull, you know. This one, this one was like a, like the cone head, you know, that people are aware of this, uh, that show, the television show or whatever it was. Oh, cone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, what it, that's what it looked like, except it was actually even a little bit bigger than that. Um, the head was the same size, the same length as its body. So, like, you could fit the, it was the same height, just the head, as the entire body was. It was like half of the height of its body is, was the head. Um, so th yeah, I said that. Yeah. Right. So that was the first one. And then the other, the other one was actually more like the ET style, which is uh, like the football shape, but not a small football. Again, it was a fairly long football, kind of like a, like a hammerhead shark, you know, but not, uh, thin like that but it was like a football but like very wide so i'm looking up there and i'm seeing or i'm looking in my camera because i, I couldn't see them when i was looking actually without the aid of the camera when i was actually there and they were also at all different directions some of them were standing upright some of them were on their sides some of them were even upside down so they were in all configurations all different kinds of them they all look slightly different and this was all, it was everywhere. I mean, there were probably like, I don't even know, man, probably 60, 70 of them in, in this frame that I took. All different. Oh, yeah, they were all up there. They were all up there. So, what's interesting. Uh, and so, sorry, sorry, Dave. Um, and, and they're, all, they're all different. Every single one of them is different in one way or another. Yeah, they were all slightly different. I would say the two main types were the ones with the very tall heads and then the very wide heads. And some of them were short, some of them were tall in terms of their body. Um, they, they all had, the feature they all had was the elongated head. Um, that's, you know, I, it, what, I, what I didn't see, like for instance, I did not see reptilian. Um, I did not see like mantis style. I did not see any of that. It was actually just essentially all elongated head style. So, uh, 
anyway, at the end of that day, I had never had a, a day that intense in my life. And I didn't know what to think, you know, completely sober. I had no idea what was going on and I just had to kind of let it sit with me. So I got a little break and then I got back on the road and I went, uh, I headed actually out to uh, Roswell. Now Roswell is at the other side of the state. It's at the Southeast uh, corner of New Mexico. You know, people are aware of this story. I'm not going to tell the Roswell story. It's a very well-known story. And uh, what ended up happening was I was coming into town and the actual, the actual, uh, what was supposed to be the Roswell crash actually happened slightly outside of Roswell uh, to the northwest or, or to the west and uh, in an area called Corona, Corona, New Mexico. Corona. Which Corona. Is, uh, you know, yeah, it's a hot, uh, hot phrase these days. Yeah, Corona, New Mexico. So, um, but, you know, it's on like private land, so you, you would have to get on a dirt road and stuff. Or, you know, I think you have to have permission. But anyway, I didn't know this at the time. I actually did not know it was off to the side of the road. So I'm coming in on the road into Roswell. It's nighttime. Uh, this probably, I saw probably a total of three cars over like 50 miles that I was driving. Like three cars in one hour. Uh, very few people out there. It was completely black sky. I, I had probably never seen that many scar- stars in my entire life. Very beautiful that night. And so I'm right. coming into town. Midnight, mate. What's that? You said midnight? I bet that, I bet that would look mint. Oh, when yeah. You, was uh, when you see so many stars like that, it's... Uh, yeah, because it also reminds perfect. you... It also reminds you that you've been living in, um, you know, light pollution your whole life because yeah. you should be able to always see like. Um, and you feel really healthy when you're out there. I mean, it just feels fantastic. Yeah, so in any case, yeah, very natural. Like the air is yeah. very clean. It's just excellent. So anyway, I'm coming into town and I'm looking up in the sky and there are, um, there is what I assumed was a star, very large star. I would say abnormally large. And it was in kind of the right hand side of my, uh, my windshield facing forwards there. And uh, I'm looking at it, and it actually starts to uh, kind of flash. So I'm saying, wait a minute, that, that's not a star. Like, there's something, it's either a craft or like a plane or some kind of, t- I don't know what it was. So I'm looking at it, and it starts to flash, and then it starts to, like, it starts to rock side to side. So the axis, that the horizontal axis starts to tip, like a seesaw, you know? The seesaw is yeah. on the playground for kids. One side goes up, the other side goes up, the one side goes up, yeah. you know, keeps going like that. I'm like, all right, this is weird. And and having said that, this, you know, this was like a week after what I, probably less than that. This was like three days after what I had just gone through. Uh, and all, all of these three things that happened are all within a year, easily. So I had, I got no break. It was no break. It was saying loud and clear, there's another world out here, you know, and there's things that you should understand. But you, that was the universe's message to me so i'm looking at it it's kind of wobbling on on its side there and it's like kind of blinking and then it actually oh i should say this before i say that um i started to get a really bad ear ache in my right ear i started to get this pressure and it was it was actually fairly painful it was not like a yeah in my ear my right ear which was the ear that was facing whatever was in the sky that was the ear that was closest to what i was looking at so I'm looking up there and I'm like, wow, this is weird. It felt like some kind of energy coming from this, whatever it was. And then the next thing that happened 
was that it actually it darted to the other side of the sky, which probably was at least a hundred miles. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. It could have been further, further than that. Yeah. Excuse me. And um, it stopped on a dime, which again is impossible. And if it was a human in there, that would kill the humans. There's no question. Cannot, uh, you cannot take that amount of G-force, so it would, that would kill the, the uh, entity, the biological organism. Yeah. So it stopped on a dime, which, which again is not traditional physics, so that's weird as it, enough as it is. And it's also not a comet or like a meteor, because that doesn't happen like that. And it was the same intensity, it got really bright again, started rocking back and forth, and then it actually disappeared. <laughs> Completely disappeared this time. Do, do, and then, you, do you think it was? Uh, do you think it had like bad intentions? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it wasn't really overly malevolent. Uh, right. I think. I think it had technology that probably was not aware that it was affecting other organisms around it. But it wasn't. Uh, I didn't feel targeted or anything like that. It really wasn't yeah. that bad like that. Um. Not like the one in the hotel that was more targeted, but I I asked for I asked for that. That was my fault, you know. So I got what I deserved. So in any case, next time I looked up, it had returned to the other side of the sky, but I didn't see it move back there. It just appeared again. And you know, hundred miles in one second, you know, how are you going to explain that? And then that whole night, the whole night when I was in my hotel room, uh, I had an earache for probably six hours. I could not get rid of this earache. And I could not that's, wait to leave the town the next day. Night, oh, yeah. I went to the, the to the UFO museum, you know, the next day. And I actually, I kind of enjoyed that experience. We're talking about the, you know, the weather balloon that people were claiming it was and all this crap. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of left the next day. But the point is, is that... Uh, when you have this amount of reinforcement in succession, you are never going to be the same again. You know, it forces you to change what you believe about the world. Yeah. How could it just, uh, it just changes everything. Yeah. It changes, um, it changes how you define what reality is. It changes how you define what you thought were natural laws, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it changes everything for me. I think it will be, uh, it deserves to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's something I wish that everyone could experience at least once, you know, just to let people know that you guys, we're not the only, uh, show in town. Humans are not yeah. the only show in town on this planet. Yeah. It says, uh, this is remarkable. And I bet what? How many more stories have you got, uh, Dave? Like what? I tell you what. Uh, right, okay. So what? What was um, uh, the most daunting uh, experience you had? You said the most daunting experience. The, the, yeah. The, the the what? What was most uh, most uncomfortable for you? Well, I would say, I would say, uh, for the most part, between those three, and then I actually did have one more experience. This was much later. Um, yeah. This was this was the worst. This was the worst one. 
this was that the one I'm going to share right now. And uh, this was in 2018. It was actually in a completely different part of the United States. It was in Massachusetts. Um, and there was, um, well, you know what, I'll, I'll share it because I actually want people to be aware of this and I want people to know um, if they ever do visit, if any of the listeners want to visit this area, please be safe and be prepared. Yeah, because oh, nice one, I, Yeah, I've had a lot of um, a lot of reinforcement. I'm not the only, in fact, I think everyone that goes to this area has, has reported something strange that I've talked to. I talked to at least three different people and they all told me, yeah, actually, some of them didn't realize it at the time, but when they said, they thought back to it, they said, you know what? Yeah, you're right. That was a weird experience when I went to it. What are they like? Are these uh, like well-known areas? Uh, say it, so, say it again, Jim. Are they uh, well-known areas so people can actually go there? Oh yeah, this one. Um, this one's called Dighton Rock. Uh, Dighton Mass- Rock. It's in Massachusetts, which is of course a lot closer to you. And I actually believe that the, the um, I think the continents were connected as one landmass actually fairly recently. I don't believe it was millions of years. I think it was a few thousand years, to be quite honest with you. Um, so this is a, probably a similar energy that you're used to over in England and maybe all the UK and Ireland. I've had people tell me some really weird stories about Scotland and like just things that they felt unsafe when they were just walking around because of the uh, spirits and stuff. You know, so it's a similar. Th- this one was this one was not E.T., I'll make that clear. It was not an ET experience. The other ones that I explained, you know, the past two were. But what happened was, uh, so there's this stone. There's a stone that was found um, in kind of one of the inlets of the ocean. It's right in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. So one of the in the ocean, the tides come right up to the to this park, and they found a stone. And I think the 1800s. It might have even been the 1700s. But they found a stone half buried in the channel of water right there. And um, they actually had very strange markings on it. And in the beginning, people said, oh, yeah, it was the natives. It was the some people were saying it was the Phoenicians. Some people were saying it was the Vikings, you know, all kinds of these kind of exotic people. And there's lots of stories, especially in the off the mainstream about, of course, people coming over here much earlier than, than Columbus, which I fully believe and support. And I think for certain the Phoenicians knew about you know, the Americas, and I'm sure probably everyone else, to be quite honest. I think the uh, the Celts were over here um, in the 800s or something, maybe a little, bit, a little bit before that. And the Vikings, of course, in the year 1000, and I'm sure they continued on the coast. We just don't know about it, or we do, and people don't want to recognize it, whatever the case may be. So I wanted to know. I wanted to know. I wanted to see the stone. I wanted to see for myself. I'm like, all right, so what is, what is this? What is the symbol? Is this a language? What is it? So what they had done is, and this was much before I got there, but they actually took the stone and they brought it onto, um, they brought it onto the uh, land and they put a museum around it. They actually built a museum on the outside to enclose the stone. Around the stone. Mm-hmm. Very, very small, very, very, very small museum. Though. I mean, we're not talking big. Just enough to hold it, pretty much. That's brilliant, though. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. But since that was the case, I couldn't see it because it wasn't open. 
and it had really weird hours and I tried to get a private appointment and they didn't return my call. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm not doing this. It's not meant to happen. So I'm standing there and there's a couple like displays and I'm reading the displays trying to understand, uh, you know, what it's just all about. And I'm standing there and uh, I start again, I start to feel really anxious for no reason at all. No reason at all. It was somewhat similar to, to the hotel experience in yeah. terms of it may have been, uh, well, I would say it was certainly demonic. There's no question about that, whatever it was. And I'll tell you what I think it was afterwards once I finish the story. But I'm looking at this, this description, and I'm actually, I'm actually facing the museum. I'm looking at the museum as I'm reading this placard. And it was telling me about the story, and you know, it, showed, it does show what the symbols look like, but it's not the same as seeing the rock, of course. I start to feel very anxious and I actually start to feel like there's something that's actually watching me. And, you know, how do you, yeah. And how do you explain that? How do you, how do you explain that feeling? You know, it's a really weird feeling, but From a rock. well, and, it, and not the, it wasn't the rock. It was actually behind, behind me. So yeah. I look, I, I actually turned around because I'm like, why do I feel like this right now? You know, I, I'm just minding my own business. It's like, what is going on with this? So I turn around, I scan the tree line. There's no one there. There's no one there. There's like one couple people having a picnic. Uh, there's one guy um, sitting on a picnic bench on a cell phone, but there was no one like staring. It felt like glaring, kind of glaring uh, glance, you know. So I turn back, okay, turn back. All right, there's no one there. Well, the next thing that happened is that the pressure dropped. Uh, all around me and all sides of me felt like a kind of like what it feels like when a tornado is coming through, you know, right before it gets there, the pressure drops and it feels really creepy. Um, so the pressure drops, it got really strangely quiet. And then I started to feel, I would say more like a, of a fear turned from anxiety. It turned to fear. And then I, I'm like, all right, this something's going on. I don't like this at all. I don't know what this is, but I don't like this. So I actually turned back. I'm like, I think the day is done. I think I've had enough. And I'm turning back to go to my car. And then I feel like I've been incapacitated. Uh, my body, I had trouble actually moving. And it felt like my body turned into like a lead weight. And oh, then I completely, started. Completely. Oh, yeah. like, I barely could you, move. Did you just like, um, was it like you just... Fucking uh, collapsed, or was which could you just like not move? Could you, was you just stationary? Well, I was walking very slowly, but I, I right, was right. It, it was like an energy paralysis. It's like some, it's like something put a force field around me and it's was like, that, yeah, yeah, like a like, like a stun gun, you know, it's like you can't yeah. think and barely move. Um, so anyway, uh, and I'm, I'm halfway back to my car and then I, the worst is the worst part of, of the whole thing. I started to feel like rage. So it went from, it went from anxiety to fear to rage. So then I started to get angry out of nowhere for no reason at all. And I'm like, okay, I said, you know what? We're done. We're absolutely done. And with uh, the little energy I had left, I tried, I actually tried to turn to my car to take a direct line to my car. And the minute I did that, there was something invisible jumped on my back and I, I fell and I had to put my 
hand down to brace myself. Otherwise, I would have hit my face in the ground. You know, it was very serious. And then, so there was weight. It was actually weight on my back, and I fell down. And, uh, oh, yeah, so I got got up, and uh, with, you know, I was, again, completely, like, uh, dazed. I was in a daze, kind of stunned. And I could barely move, but I find uh, I found a little bit of energy I had. I got back to my car, and I turned the car on immediately, and I drove uh, out of the park. And this is what's interesting about this is that the minute that I, and that whole road, by the way, felt like a time warp. It felt like a weird dimensional shift that was happening. That whole road, really weird, really really weird feeling. And then the, the minute, yeah, the minute I drove over the bridge. There's there's water water underneath the bridge. There's like a little stream or something like that. The minute I crossed to the other side of that stream, it's it slowly started to dissipate. So that uh, and this is often talked about in terms of the spirit world is that water is often the barrier, and a lot of times the spirits can't cannot cross it. They have to stay within their confines. You know. Yeah, exactly. So. And then what, what, so, when you you, you like that kind of a uh, uh, event. Like you sound uh, like a mirage, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's what yeah, makes it's like, so fascinating, Dave. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an inlay almost. It's like an overlay, a dimensional overlay that there's a different yeah. energy gradient that's existing in the same area that you are, but it's in a different uh, energy uh, wavelength, you know, or the different type of light made out of different kind of light. So. Um, that was that was an attack, you know. There's no question about that. And um, the only time that's ever happened to me it was uh, probably the worst experience of my life, just about. And um, some people say, "Oh, you know, you can't be attacked by a spirit." Yeah, you can. You can. You can. If the spirit's strong enough, it can physically um, exert strength, uh, strength and weight on uh, physical forms. And one of the ways that we know that too is that, um, and you, you can even do science experiments with this, and it's not like a not really a consciousness, but I, I would argue you can easily carry it over into that realm, the conscious, um, talking about consciousness and how that affects your environment. But if you have like a concentrated energy beam, you can move things, you know, and even sound can move things. And you can't see that, you know, you can't see the sound. Um, but if I play, an, uh, uh, well, I mean, like an opera singer with a wine glass, we all know what happens with that. Yeah, the, uh, they can make it Exactly. It can shatter for sure. So anyway, um, I went through that town right there and the town next to it. And people know there's, there's weird stuff going on because that week there was like a psychic fair. You know, people know their stuff. It's in, it's in, the, in the air. People are aware of it. Uh, the two other people that went to that park before me, actually, yeah. one of the people actually uh, said that, that someone was, this was a person. This was not like an invisible Per, uh, figure they said that there's a person actually staring at them and they, they felt really uncomfortable about that and the reason is because whatever that demonic entity is it has the ability to possess people it can get inside the body get inside oh, the mind and direct right direct it to right. do what so, it wants so right so right let's just let me just get my head around this day so people were seeing normal people and they just like shapeshift into a fucking demon but what I think it was, I, I think it, and I don't know, I mean, that's a good point, but what I think it was, it was, it was a, a normal person 
a flesh and bone person that was affected by the invisible entity to such an extent that it couldn't con they couldn't control their own mind. Um, but you could be completely correct. It could have shapeshifted. Absolutely, it could have done that. I don't know because I wasn't there. Yeah, there's lots of possibilities. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow, it's important. It's, it's important to keep um, keep everything on the table. I think when you're trying to explain things. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm very hard very I do very hard science, but um, everything is science to me. You know, if I can replicate it or if I can uh, explain it through some natural principles, I'll try to do that. And then the other story is that this lady uh, brought her kid to the park one time, and the kid fell and. Uh, like out of, for no reason out of nowhere got a really bad head and head injury because he hit a rock he or she hit a rock and they were in the hospital for like days so it's like everyone that goes there. there's another lady that told me yeah i felt weird when i was there now that i think about it so whatever this is it's a very very ancient this was not a new kind of energy it was very very powerful and i think it was um i think it was actually invoked it was invoked through black magic because the symbols to me actually kind of look like sigils it's not really a language and um what i felt about it was that well some of the depictions were people that uh you know didn't have uh, some of their arms were not on their body or their head was not on the body you know so it's like what is going on with this this is not like language it's some kind of dark magic uh but what i think it was jenna I'll tell you what i think it was I think it, it was one of those um, red-eyed uh, wolves, the red-eyed wolves yeah. that can walk walk on two legs. That's just what I felt about it. Oh, um, a bit like what we say is a skinwalker ranch, uh, like dire wolf, that's of that guy. Yeah, exactly. And um, believe it or not, they also have uh, a story of that on Oak Island, which, of course, I've done a lot of work on Oak Island through the years. And this, is, this is the same thing. It's this... Uh, very tall wolf, wolf man has red eyes that stands on two legs, you know, and uh, it felt because the reason I say this because it felt like it felt like it was um, it was kind of stalking, it felt like it was kind of on a hunt, you know, it felt like there was an animal yeah. that was trying to hunt, hunt something like a, like a 14 foot dog man. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, at least, uh, at least, well, actually, it's interesting because it this that's what's weird about it is it actually felt like. Well, the way I remember it was that it it completely was on my back, so it might have not been as big as I I was envisioning it. But again, you know, you can shape shift. You can be any so you can be any size you want. You can appear as a human if you want if you have that ability. Yeah. Pretty much it so, is. Uh, well, so. Uh, say it again, General. I could imagine. I should imagine they did as well. Some of them. Well, I'm sorry. One more time. I should imagine they did at some point shapeshift. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't, and, you know, when you see a humans, I'm not trying to be weird or anything, but I, I don't even know who is who anymore. You know, I don't know if there's a real person in there. I don't know if it's a robot or an android or a reptilian. Um, the way that I do it is that whoever you are, whatever it is, if you treat me well and you respect other people, you're going to be on my team. You know, so that's all I care yeah, about. Yeah, that's how it should be, Dave. That's how it should be, mate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, because I, I don't know, uh, I can't see the full construct of the Matrix down here right now. So 
I'm good right now. I'm good with the fact that if I see your actions and I see that you make people feel comfortable around you and that you're here to help people, then I, you're going to be my friend. You know, I don't care if you're a, you could be a benevolent reptilian for all I care. I don't care. If are you, are you part of effort to try to help the earth to ascend, you know, and if you are, then we're on the same team. Yes. Yes. That's how it should be, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. We're so those all the, this together, mate, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. So those are the big stories. Um, I do have a couple really short, uh, short stories, very, very short ones. I just wanted to include this so people can yeah, hear it. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I was in Nova Scotia, Canada, um, which is you know actually quite close to England, it's the closest I'm going to get pretty much without getting on a plane. Um, I was, of course, doing my research at Oak Island, and I stepped outside of the hotel right across from Oak Island. And there was a very bright light in the sky. Again, I thought it was a star. But the, the second, not the minute, the second that I saw it, it disappeared. I stepped out, it saw that I saw it, and it disappeared. Well, Instantane- was, instantaneously. Was it, uh, was it a star, or was it, what was it? Well, I think it was probably a craft. A craft? Um, I don't think it was, it didn't feel like an orb to me. The orbs feel more organic to me. It felt like a, like a technology craft or something up there. But, this, I mean, this one was probably even larger than the one I saw in New Mexico bright white uh, i couldn't see the i couldn't see like the shape of the craft i just saw a bright white light yeah. look like a kind of ball so that happened as well and then i have um in 2020 i guess it was last year man it's lots lots happened since then this was last summer in 2022 uh, i was doing research in new england uh, specifically about uh the et presence in new england uh, and I was actually born in Connecticut, so I'm very familiar with that part of the country. And um, there's a lot of interesting uh, things going on energetically. Of course, we had also the Salem witch trials that happened in that area. I think there's a fair amount of um, like Wicca and, and sometimes black magic and dark arts and stuff. There's a lot of wizardry stuff in New England. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and not to mention... There's lots of stone chambers, these very strange stone chambers. Stone you guys have chambers. Oh, you guys, you guys have them, uh, you know, it's like the super version of what we have over here in the UK. But what we have is specifically in um, the Hudson Valley, which is what I was going to talk about for a second, which is in New York State. Yeah. The Hudson Valley has, the, I believe, the highest concentration in the Americas of these strange uh, stone chambers Many of them are maybe, I would say, anywhere from about three feet tall to maybe about six feet tall. And it varies depending where you're at. Some of them, three, you know, you can't. Feet tall. Yeah, and they're made, of, they're made of stone. They're made of very large pieces of stone. They're uh, still standing. It does not look like a colonist did that. There's no way in hell. There's no way. In, this is what some people claim, General, that the colonists, when they were getting their farming going when they first came over here, and it is true there's lots of rocks in the ground in New England. Um, and you figure, okay, let me find a way to do something with this. But these are like flat slabs, perfectly cut, perfectly like a corbel to make ceilings and stuff. They're aligned to solstices and equinoxes. And at the back of the chamber, you can see that the light, the light somehow interacted with 
uh, shapes or carvings that are on the kind of back of the chamber there. So this yeah. is not your everyday kind of, you know, and the natives didn't do it, you know, so this is before, yeah. this is way before that. Um, and the, the most, um, the explanation that makes the most sense to me is, and I, again, I, all my podcasts I do, I always try to get people to think about this, is that if you think about things in terms of that the continents used to be connected very recently, I would say, I would say as recently as, uh, as recently as about 2000 years ago, yeah, I believe the continents were connected. Maybe it was a little longer than that. I don't know. But some people believe that when uh, the LDS Church, uh, formerly called the Mormon Church, some people in the Mormon Church believe that the continents actually split when Jesus resurrected. For people who believe that story, um, because of the power that that had, that event had on the earth. So, if that happened, that was you know around the year zero, I guess. But in any case, it's like what it looks like, what it feels like to me is that Ireland and UK and New England and Nova Scotia and Newfoundland were all part of one like very large regional area. And in fact, it's the same the same mountain chain, the Appalachians. We talked about this, I think, in the other show we did, is that the Appalachian chain actually yeah, we did, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it continues through. Um, uh, Ireland and UK and even the western part of uh, Sweden or uh, Sweden, Norway, I believe, Western Scandinavia. That mountain chain actually co- comes to a culmination there. So what's interesting about it is that it feels like a version of what you guys have in UK in terms of we got these chambers that have alignments to the sun and to the moon and things. Um, some of them might have had funerary rites associated with them. And you also get this weird sense that there were little people, and I'm not being offensive with using that term. I'm just saying. Is it like the dolphins, Dave? Well, it's not that big. Um, Not what you guys have. And, man, I I should just get my ass on a plane and get over there and and start to see some of the stuff because it would be the best day of my life, General, to be standing at Stonehenge. I'd never been to Europe. Um, So in any case... uh, I've never it's, been there, mate. I would love to go. Oh, United States? No, uh, Stonehenge. Oh, to Stonehenge. Oh, yeah. It's, it's only a few hours from you, right? Yeah, I've just never, never had a chance to go, mate. Yep. But yeah, it's a possible country. Yeah, for sure. So in any case, um, the ones that are in New England are primarily, uh, they're, they're fairly low in stature. They're not, I, I don't think I've seen one more than six feet tall. There was only one. There was only one that I went to where I could walk in without having to duck. The rest of them are yeah. much shorter, and a lot of them are only three feet tall. The opening is three feet tall. You have to duck to get in there. But I'll tell you something interesting about one of them. This one's called the Upton Chamber. This is in Massachusetts. The Upton Chamber is may maybe even less. Maybe been two and a half feet tall. I mean, this was like very hard to get into this entrance. So, um, and I st- actually, I ducked down and I still hit my head. I actually hit my back because uh, I couldn't get down low enough to get into this chamber. But here's the thing then is that this was during the summer. This was last summer. I think it was um, August or, or, yeah, probably August. And it was hot. It was very hot. It was actually probably 85 degrees Fahrenheit, which I, I don't know the conversion right now to Celsius, but it's hot. It's hot yeah. and it was humid. And I get inside this chamber 
It's like 55 degrees Fahrenheit in there. And the and it's built into a hillside. And I said, you know what? This is absolutely genius. So if there's if if for no other reason, if for no other reason than to have temperature control, this makes sense to me. So in the summer you go in there and it's cool. And in the winter, since it's built half of it, more than half of it's built into the side of a hill, you're not going to experience the temperature extremes. You know, so it's gen- absolutely genius to do that in terms of just living. How's it made? Yeah, but then I get in there, I get in the this chamber, and the ceiling is huge. The ceiling is like 15 feet tall, probably. Um, maybe 12, maybe about 12 feet tall. And so the, the living area is, is, I'm not going to say it's really large, but it's big enough that you can have a family in there, you know. Um, and it had flooded because it's fairly low, so there was all kinds of like uh, logs in there so you could walk and you didn't have to step in water. But anyway, there's all this stuff through New England, and it's in the same areas that there's lots of UFO sightings, specifically in the Hudson Valley. Um, people have described uh, orbs of light coming out of these chambers, coming out of and going into them, which to me is infers that it may be a portal, some sort of a portal that, that's used. Um, and one of the way the things I thought about in terms of how the Druids potentially got over to to New England and the United States, because I absolutely believe they were here without any question. Uh, they may have used portals. You know, some of these stone circles, I think, were actually portals. And uh, sometimes you have to have the right frequency to be able to activate them. You can have someone walk in them, nothing happens, and you have a sorcerer or wizard walk in them, and suddenly it gets powered up and you travel through a wormhole, you know? So, uh, the same area, the Hudson Valley, which is, you know, the Hudson River that runs uh, north to south. What's that, Joe? Say, say it again, Joe. Sorry, Dave. Just one minute, Dave. Just talking to Abel Lewis. One minute, mate. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Can I keep uh, going with my story? One minute, Dave. One minute. There's just a problem okay. with something. One minute, mate. Okay, well, while you're fixing that, I'll just uh, I'm just gonna talk a little bit more about the uh, the chambers. Uh, these stone chambers are also all through, uh, well, not all through, but they're through Connecticut as well, not just uh, New York State. They're through Connecticut. There's uh, quite a lot of them in Massachusetts. There's uh, quite a lot of them in Vermont and New Hampshire uh, as well. There's actually something called America Stonehenge which is well worth a visit if uh, anyone's over here to go check that out. Sorry, uh, I don't. apologies, Dave. Uh, there was a problem then with the, the internet box. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. It's still recording, right? Yeah, yes, it may. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. Okay. Yeah, no problem. So anyway, yeah. th- this is a large, a large area across New England that have these stone chambers, um, alignments, you know, very clear alignments with uh, celestial events and things. And it yeah. wasn't the name. Americans, you know, and when you look at them, you think immediately think of UK and Ireland immediately, except it's on a very small scale, very, very small scale, a lot less of them. And it's it's they're impressive, but it's not like shockingly impressive. Like if you go to, um, you know, like the stones of Stenness or like the Stonehenge or or Avery, it's not, not like that. Do you think um, do you think it was deliberately duplicated, Dave? Well, I feel like it was like a almost like a satellite 
a satellite um, civilization that came off of some of the larger. Maybe they didn't right. have the same same amount of resources. Um, but I I cannot. For me, I can't see any other way that this would have happened, other than the continents connected. I feel like it was connected, and then that's when the whole culture developed. You know, it's like you know, it's like one of these things where you have a city, and then you have like the suburbs, and then you have like the country. And I feel yeah. like the further the further out you get from the city center, you have like you know smaller buildings usually, and then suddenly you have nothing. You just have farm fields. I feel like that's kind of maybe a little bit what's happening in New England. It's so like it was at the periphery of like the Irish stuff and the Stonehenge stuff with these huge dolmens and chambers and everything. Yeah. Uh, it, it does feel like the same culture, general culture to me. It really does. So uh, anyway, uh, the story I wanted to share, too, is that what I did with my research uh, this past summer in 2022 was that I actually went to two areas. Uh, there's one area called... Uh, well, I'm going to have two areas. Yeah, yeah, two general areas. So the first one is called Sheffield, Sheffield, Massachusetts. There's lots of uh, English-derived words in New England. I, I think you guys have Sheffield as a town, right? If I'm not we mistaken. do, yeah. It's in, it's in Yorkshire, mate. Right. So we've got Sheffield, Massachusetts. It's in the Berkshires, uh, western Massachusetts. And in Sheffield, Massachusetts, there was a very well-known uh, UFO extraterrestrial craft event that happened. In uh, September, I believe September first, nineteen sixty-nine, and it was actually oh. recognized recognized by the state of Massachusetts as a real event, uh, a real documented uh, ET UFO event. It was witnessed by about two hundred fifty people, I believe. And Jeez. you know, again, with with you know, in terms of science, if you have if you have one person, they say, "Yeah, I saw a craft." Okay, you know, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I don't know. Uh, for me, it depends on your credibility. That's not that's a law. Yeah, so there were people in the surrounding towns. They all saw this like bright flash orb, uh, white orb in the sky and like uh, craft and, and just strange things. So it was all documented in 1969. And um, so I finally had a chance to go out to that area. And I actually went there with my aunt, uh, my aunt who lives in Massachusetts. I actually went out there yeah. uh, with her because she has an interest in these things as well. And I, it, I thought it'd be a nice trip. So we went out there. Uh, we got a hotel room for the night, and we went out to the she- it's called the Sheffield uh, Covered Bridge. Sheffield and this, Bridge. Right. So this event happened, um, and this has been on Ancient Aliens, the television show. It's a very well-known story. It's been covered. Uh, actually, fairly uh, a fairly large amount of TV programs have covered this event. So you know, again, I wanted to see what was going on. I didn't. I actually did not know what to expect. Uh, I will say that the. The town of Great Barrington, Massachusetts, which is just to the east of that, it does yeah. have a strange. It does have a strange energy. It Great, feels like this. What's it called again? Great Barrington. Yes, correct. Great Barrington, Massachusetts, and it feels like a magnetic energy again. You come into the town, it kind of feels, kind of feels heavy, heavy and oscillating magnetism. It's weird, very weird. Is it? Is it uh, a- an unpleasant feeling, Dave. Yeah, I would say it's not pleasant. It's not. It's not malicious. Right. But it's. Well, it's, it's not uncom- nice. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Definitely uncomfortable. Definitely ET. Definitely ET. It's not like demonic. Right. So, um, anyway, so we go out to this bridge, 
and uh, I had my EMF detector, which is you know an essential uh, paranormal tool that people use to detect energy gradients and energy fields, uh, RF radiation, you know stuff like that, and uh, magnetism and electric uh, fields, all that kind of stuff. So it's usually called a trimeter, you know, if the ghost shows. Dave, if you don't mind me asking, uh, for that kind of equipment, how much would it cost roughly? Oh man, it's not that. Where would you get one? Oh, I can tell you exactly what to get. There's actually, uh, I'd, I'd probably choose between two different ones. Uh, yeah. One of them is the traditional, I believe it's even called the trimeter. It's a fairly wide, wide display. It's got, I think it's got like an analog uh, dial on it. I, c I can send you the link, General, if you want to see that one. Um, but it's called the trimeter, I believe, and that one's about 150 uh, USD. And the one that I got, is uh, called a Cornet, C-O-R-N-E-T. Uh, it is a model number. I don't know what the, I can look. I can give that to you. But um, that one was, I think, 195 USD. And I am so pleased. It's such a good good device. It's uh, it's a it's an very important tool to have anytime you're going into any spiritually charged area, um, because if you're feeling something in your body, that will generally support what you're feeling in a more like a, a scientific or technological way, you can actually verify that there is something scientifically I can measure that is in accord with what I'm feeling. Yeah. So it's like, it's a supporting uh, piece of evidence you can have for yourself. But I went in there with yes, that, mate. went in there with that, turned it on, and actually there was, um, nothing came up at all. Very, very quiet. I was very surprised, very surprised. I for sure thought I'd feel weird. And I was, there was not much uh, going on in terms of energy. It was kind of um, kind of benign. Uh, some of that is depends on. It could depend on the time of day. It could depend on the day of the year. It could depend on weather patterns. It could depend on the individual person. But what the story is is that they drove across this. It's a covered bridge. You know, I know you guys have those over in the UK. I'm sure. Uh, it's a wooden wooden bridge, and I, I'm sure they've refurbished it for sure. But it, and you can't drive over anymore, but this was 1969. They drive a oh, car. Do you mean actual, an actual physical bridge made of wood? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, wooden bridge, yeah. I, so, I wouldn't like to say for sure where, where they are over here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, I have no clue. I've not seen one for years. And, and I won't even like to say when that was. Oh, for the covered uh, bridges? Yeah, they're. Uh, it's not safe, are they? Not, 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 especially with the vehicles now. Yeah, I don't, I don't really love going over them. You know, I try not to, but I mean, yeah. they're they're rated and tested, but people have to decide what what they want to do for themselves. But uh, any case, this one has been closed since it's been closed for quite a long time. But you can walk across it. So that night that we were there, it was totally fine. I'll tell you, it was actually pretty beautiful because there were fireflies, and it was um, there. Were, flashing everywhere and it was kind of kind of beautiful actually experience it wasn't bad at all or weird or even weird so the next day i went back the next day and what i did again because this is how you do good science the story is is that they crossed the bridge and they continued on that i think it's called like covered bridge road or something they continued on that road for i guess a couple maybe like at least a mile probably about a mile and um so i actually walked the whole road and there's cornfields on on uh, one side of the road, there's a lot of kind of swampland, 
not the highest energy land. Some of it's kind of sagging. Uh, I had one guy tell me that when he crossed one of the uh, culverts, which is what you have to use when you build a, a road over like a water uh, a stream to allow the stream to continue to the other side of the road, put like a metal tube in there, you know. And he said, yeah, I felt a little strange around here. And I was I was standing over there. It wasn't all that weird. It wasn't all that weird. So I walked the entire length and um, it was a very, very, very vague, vague, vague sense that, yeah, something could have happened here, but I was not feeling it. I was not feeling it. Um, and I know, you know, I know that I, I will feel it if it's there because I have plenty of experiences where I have. So, uh, it was very, very interesting experience. And, um, that one was, was fairly innocuous. I, you know, I didn't come out with a whole lot with that one, except that I felt fine. And then, um, the last one I wanted to tell you about was, uh, it's called Pine Bush, Pine Bush, New York. And, yeah, and this is, it's all in a, it's all in a very small area. This is all around, uh, very close to the Hudson River, which again, is where all these strange things seem to be happening, right? This Hudson River Valley, um, you know, you know, Whitley Strieber and of course, Communion, you know about that book, I'm sure. Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah, yeah. That was in the Hudson River Valley as well. And uh, it's a similar stuff with these crafts. But anyway, the Pine Bush story. The Pine Bush, uh, Pine Bush, New York, was calls itself the UFO capital of the world. Uh, I don't know sure. if they still do, but it's been known as that for quite a while. The, uh, starting in the 1950s, there were lots of documented cases of people seeing craft in the sky. And then it was in uh, it was the mid-1980s that it really started to kind of get out of hand. And I, I even think there were, I mean, probably thousands of people that saw craft over that town and over that area. And some of them, a lot. most of them, oh, it's amazing. And a lot of them are, were described as being uh, triangular in shape and uh, the size of a football field, size of a football field, really low in the sky, just hovering over the sky, with, um, over the land without any sound at all. Just this then a kind of a black mass in a triangle shape, you know, a couple blinking lights maybe. Yeah, be done it, especially with the the sudden change of shape of craft, triangle, black triangle, military uh, allegedly uh, having uh, black triangle vehicles. Oh yeah, it could yeah. even be it could even be like the um, I think it's like the B two bomber. I believe it's fairly triangular in shape. Yeah, but, um, like that, yeah. I think this was, I actually do think this was different because it was, it was hovering silently in the air. Um, and it's, I don't really think our modern aircraft can really, maybe I'm wrong, maybe not the ones we know about can just hover there silently. You know, it, 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 it's just weird. People felt weird about it. You know, they scared them and shocked them and all this weird stuff. But anyway, this happened like at least through the 1990s, starting in the mid eighties through the 1990s. And so, uh, you know, me and my aunt got in the car. We drove another hour and a half, and we were in that area, and we spent the night there. We, you know, were sitting sitting outside trying to see something. And uh, yeah. I, I want to say I may have seen, I think I saw something, but it was not, um, it was similar to what I saw in Roswell, but it was not, uh, not strange. And I did not feel weird. I did not get an earache. It just looked like a light in the sky. And I said, okay, that might have been a craft right there, actually. That was interesting to see that. I saw it twice, actually. I could imagine, mate. Mm -hmm. 
how many uh, how, how many different crafts have you seen over the years then, uh, Dave? Roughly. Well, it, I've seen different uh, sizes actually, and some of the most I, to be quite honest, I think the most shocking is when it's during the daytime. Because, you know, you don't expect to see that during the day. Usually people think of it nighttime. Uh, You've got was, a point, though, mate. You've got a point. Uh, not many people talk about day or night. You, you don't hear of it, do you? Oh, no, not very, not very often. But I have, um, mm-hmm. I have sightings from both. And I saw something in the sky when I was in uh, southern New Mexico, very close to the, actually the, the border of Mexico, the country of Mexico, very close to that border right off the interstate 10 in the united states in southern new mexico and i saw a craft it was shiny telling you man it was some of the weirdest stuff i cannot make this stuff i cannot make this stuff up i cannot make this stuff up um and i'm a very honest person and i never would even if i had the opportunity so during the day i'm looking up there it was a shiny it looked like a blimp um i had a yeah, like a blimp, you know, like a looked like it was blown up with air almost, you know, like one of those blimps in the sky. Uh, you know, like the Hindenburg is like a blimp, like yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the way that the metal was shining, it made me feel really weird. And again, I can't explain that, but it felt like an exotic metal. It did not feel like an, like if I saw, if you see a passenger aircraft, it didn't feel like that kind of metal. It felt like yeah, yeah. something kind of weird like titanium or aluminum or some other metal that's we don't barely use you know stuff like that yeah yeah so i felt weird i felt weird about it i did not like how i felt about it and that was in broad daylight and that one i could see the i could see the shape um that was one of the only ones that i've actually seen the shape in the sky the other ones have been uh, obscured by like a bright light you know usually at nighttime yeah. uh, there was another there were two more it was actually in Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma in the United States. And in Oklahoma, uh, it was invisible. They, I knew they were up there because I could feel the, the energy field was really bad. It was a very, very destructive. I don't know if it was radioactive or some kind of gamma radiation or something. I felt really, really bad. And I felt really confused, actually. Got do, you, uh, do, do, do you get this, this feeling often when you have an interaction with, with such a craft like uh, a feeling like a is it like sickness or something along those lines Dave yeah this one um this one was more of a um uh, I felt like a malaise like uh I felt like um off center I felt confusion I felt kind of kind of ill slightly ill yeah, uh but I also I've also seen things where I felt nothing. So it's one of these things where, you know, you see all these people in the, in the ET and UFO community and everyone's trying to classify everything. And you, you want to, people want to put them in these neat little boxes. And I just don't believe that because what I believe is going on is that we have a vast universe and anything that you can think of just about can exist. So some are benevolent, some are not benevolent. You know, some are humanoid, some are not humanoid, some are not visible, some come in, you know, spirit forms, some come in uh, slightly physical forms or, you know, halfway between physical and non-physical. I really yeah. think that the right thing to do is to 
take all the data that you have. I mean, I have a huge number of, obviously, you know, and there's, there's more too, but those are the main ones I would say, but there's so many um, opportunities that I've had to interact with these things. And all I have to say at the end of the day, and this is my take home point, uh, cause I know we're getting close, probably close to the end of the show here, but my take home yeah. point, my take home point for everyone is that we have to decide what is admissible to us and also what is not acceptable to us. So if, if you're someone that likes to go out and find weird stuff, I mean, yeah, by all means, the world's your oyster. But some people yeah. who have some people who have ET experiences don't like them. They don't like what's happening to them, especially with the abduction experience. So what I say is send out a message to the universe. Let the universe know what you want and what you don't want. The universe knows that I don't particularly want, I don't want weird shit anymore. I've had enough of that. You know, I've had more than my fill of that kind of stuff. Um, it's not something that I would introduce to my friend or to my family. It's like, no, we, yes, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. You know, you know Dave, uh, this is why I've got so much respect for you. Uh, because like, you actually must be difficult to speak about. And for you to come out and say it as it is, what you've had, the interactions. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's fascinating. But uh, well, same, it must must have been must have been difficult times. Well, what I would say is, at the time, it was, you know, it really was. But um, I've been in this field for such a long time now that when yeah. it happens now. I actually know what to do with it. I know what to do with it. And if, and if I don't like it, I actually ask it respectfully, please, you, you're not, you're going to have to leave me alone right now. You know, I'm not in, I'm, if I'm in your space, I apologize. I'll, I'll get on, uh, get on my way as fast as possible because, you know, we have to respect each other's space too, even whether it's uh, physical or non-physical, I believe in respecting space, respecting homelands and stuff like that. You know, maybe they don't want visitors. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, yeah, but I would say that. Oh, good, good. Oh, I think, I think, I think, uh, I think you're right about respecting. You've got there's obviously there's. We're probably going to keep continuing, so why not have a relationship there, mate? Exactly, and uh, what I would say is that, you know, just send out if you if you do it in prayer, whether it's prayer or meditation or just a. Uh, a concentrated, directed thought, however you want to look at it. Uh, the universe will respond to you. The universe responds to intention and consciousness. And, um, you know, the way that I try to do it, like I said, is that the stuff that maybe I don't like so much or that, that was weird or some of it was even, like, malevolent, it's like, okay, you know what? Whoever those spirits are, I'm here for you guys too. I'm here for you guys too, but don't mess with me. Okay, so I'll give you my ear. Tell me, tell me what you're trying to do. If you're confused or you need some assistance, I'm happy to help you if I can. But what I'm not going to tolerate is some kind of an attack, you know, or you try to put the energy field, uh, interact with my energy field, and I'm not okay with that, you know. So I usually, what I do is I give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I, t I, I make a statement. I say, you're going to respect my space. I know you're here. I know you know that I'm here. And if you can respect my space, then we can interact. If you're not going to respect my space, then I have a problem with that. You know, and that goes to me, that goes against cosmic law. So someone saying, I don't want to interact with this right now. 
And if you're not going to respect that, that's when you have an altercation, you know, and that's, I think a lot of what's going on out there right now is there's battles between ET species and, uh, you know, uh, spirits that are, are of light and spirits that are of dark. And there's this big battle that, you know, in terms of what, what's acceptable and what's not. And for me, it's very, very simple, very, very simple is do not interfere with the life path or the free will of any sentient being. Um, the only possible exception is that if something's going to come to a directed harm, uh, specifically if it's without reason, then I do take issue with that. But apart from that, it's like, you know, I, it's, I live my life. I do the way things the way I want to. If you want to be, you want to have creepy energy and you want to show up in places and have people yeah. run, scared of you. Exactly, mate. Then, yeah. Okay, then go ahead and do that. But you know what? If if someone's under my protection or if I'm looking out for people, then I'm going to ask you to leave. You know, yeah. or it's it's one of the it's one of the two things, General. It's either that it's either you're going to leave or I'm going to leave. So if this if that's their territory, and especially if I'm a visitor and I didn't grow up there and I you know I'm not familiar with the energy, I'm probably going to be leaving anyway. In which case, that things will be kind of back to normal for whatever entity is local in that area but the other thing is is that and this is what i kind of envision for the future here is that all the spirits all across the universe should be able to decide who they want to surround themselves with and that includes humans animals plants you know any kind of invisible entity the fairy world the gnome world all the stuff whatever it is is that you should be able to say I, the way I, I I ask two or three questions of every spirit that I interact with, I ask them first of all, I want to see what they look like. You know, a lot of them like to hide in invisible invisibility, obscurity. Yeah. I'm not I'm not okay with that. I want to see what you look like, and that's not gonna it's not gonna scare me. I just I'm asking you to show me how you choose to depict yourself because that's gonna yeah. tell me something about you. I want to see that first. Second thing is I want to know. Um, what your mission in life is, what are you trying to do? And then oh, the that. third one, yeah, the third one is why, why are you here? And if their mission, and this is, this is why it's important to be able to distinguish with these things, because like I said, I'm an ambassador to the whole spirit world. So just cause you're, just cause you're, just cause you're scary, just cause you're scary, or maybe you're misusing some technology. Um, like when, I feel like I was getting radiation in my ear, stuff like that. Maybe you're not aware that it's harming other humans and other animals down here. Um, maybe all you need is to understand that. And maybe you'll stop doing it. I don't know. But if you're for humanity and you're trying to do things to help others, and maybe you're at a in a bad place and maybe you don't have the resources you need, and maybe you've been scared for thousands of years and you're just looking for someone, someone, please help me. You know, a lot of these spirits, General, I actually think they, they, a lot of them realize they're like, yeah, I know I'm scary. I know I'm scary and I don't want to be that way anymore. A lot of them are trying to um, readjust their energy currents and their energy fields. Yeah. And if if everyone runs scared from them, that's an absolute tragedy. man. That is a real tragedy. So I'm not that person, but you have to respect my space. Um, oh, yeah. And I, can, yeah. and I can tell you, I can tell you a, a Three three minute story. I can end it here if you want a really good one to end it off with here. Go on then, mate. <laughs> Certainly, I'd love to. Okay, okay. So here's here's the last story for the night. Um, this is in the state of Georgia. Again, this is the United States, Georgia. and it's in the mount in the mountains. 
Um, there's an area that is characterized by uh, an entity called the moon-eyed people. Moon like the moon in the sky. Moon-eyed people. And they're described as having very large eyes. And um, that's one of the only things that we kind of know about them. But they hang out on the top of this mountain. And this is, this is the mythology. This is the legend. Uh, and I'm, I was aware of that. You know, one of my friends this particular time. This was also last summer. So I'm up on the top of this mountain, walking around, and there's lots of uh, lots of rock walls. They're very, very strange shape. Uh, they look like uh, snakes or serpents, essentially. Yeah. It look it's like winding walls. It looks like a kind of like an animal effigy almost or something. So we're up there, and we kind of in the main area of the site, and I'm standing there with my friend, and I turn to her and say, "Do you feel that?" She's she. she paused it's only probably about two second delay she said yeah she said yeah i feel that and so i turned my emf detector on and it was in the the rf um frequency and it was uh spiking in into the red zone What's the rf frequency mate uh rf is radio frequency radio frequency okay thank you so similar to uh to like your uh, remote control for your television or right, to like right. a radio station or you know some cell phone yeah. signals like that Okay, so um, if you're in a forest and we were in a very remote area, it should be very, very low. It should be 0. 0.000, like three or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And this was registering like 198. I got like one of like 300, something like that, all the way into the red zone. So, and again, this I, I turned that on after I felt it in my body. So I already had the firsthand experience. And so we're standing there and it, it was shooting up and then it would shoot back down. And I'm like, what is going on? It wasn't even consistent. So you'd think if there was something there, it would stay consistent. Well, what happened was I had the sensation that there was something. <laughs> I mean, it felt like they were playing. It felt like they were jumping around, uh, jumping around me. So when it went down to green, I actually turned my body 180 degrees and I pointed the detector at the other side of me and it started to go into the red again. And then they moved again. And then I turned again and then sure enough, it showed up, you know, at like a right angle to where I was previously. And it felt like they were probably about three feet tall. Yeah, probably about three feet, three and a half feet maximum. Uh, and I just had I had a feeling of their energy field. They did not. They weren't as tall as me. They weren't even close to as tall as me. And one of the references to that I think about with moon-eyed people is essentially large-eyed, large-eyed beings. It could be like a gray almost. But the thing that happened this this changed my life, General. This was a really amazing experience because it was weird. It was yeah. definitely weird. <laughs> definitely weird. There's no denying that. But they actually were trying to have fun. You know, there wasn't, it, it, it's not something I'm used to, but they, they meant absolutely, absolutely zero harm. I know that for a fact, they meant no harm at all. And it was, it kind of made me smile because it was kind of fun. I did feel, I did, they had a very high energy, very high energy. So I felt that in my energetic field, but um, it was not bad at all. And when I left the mountain that day, what I came away with was, the fact that I just established a connection with a new species and they, um, I, I have uh, a, a somewhat access to them now. 
because now we know each other. You know, we had an interaction and we know who each other are. So it's a really nice asset to have. Uh, they're, I would say they're definitely on my team, but I think they were, they almost felt a little bit like, uh, like nature spirit as well. It may have been yeah. partly, uh, I don't know, man. It was like half, it's like half ET, half nature spirit. It was like a combination of yeah. fellow. But they're my, they're, they're, my, they're my friends. They're actually some of my new friends now. And uh, I will always cherish yeah. that. And I'm, I'm looking out for them too, man. I think, I think they, live up on the mountains and they don't really come out a lot yeah. but i think for people who are going to re- be respectful of them and who value them um that's the thing that people should understand is go into it with respect and find the things that are positive qualities and, and compliment them you know yeah, and say thank right. you for this with me we don't have to be like scared with weird stuff you know it doesn't have to be yeah better. yeah i get you mate. i get you yeah before you go, Dave, would you like to let me know whether you get old, if you have any questions, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me back, John. I really, uh, really no enjoyed problem, this. No I think we've, uh, I think we've barely scratched the surface. Oh yeah, as always. You still got many, many tales of it. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, there's always, always more. I, I've got. Oh. Um, we can do fairies next time, maybe. That would be a good one. Oh, no, it would be me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, great. Little furries, mate. Yeah, yeah you guys have a, you guys have a lot yeah. of that over in the UK and Ireland, um, and also there's a lot of it in New England, and that's part of the other reason why I feel that they were connected, and it was part of one larger culture. Okay, guys. So if you want to find me, um, people who follow me probably already know that I'm an astrologer. I do Western astrology. It's also called tropical astrology which is uh, birth charts primarily. I also do uh, relationship matching, business applications, and uh, selecting days of the year that are going to be more likely to bring you success. So I do all of that with astrology. I also do spiritual guidance. Um, any topic you want, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help people get to the best version of themselves and help you get a better understanding of the world around you. This is all about humanity. You know, I'm always in service to other people. It's about getting us to a better place. That's my whole objective, being on this planet. Um, and then I also do uh, a lot with uh, pre-Ayurvedic medicine, which is principles of how energy moves through the body, a lot with fasting and uh, you know health tips and things to bring you uh, more vitality and higher consciousness. So if any of those things appeal to you guys, send me a message. I do have uh, I am, those services are listed on my YouTube channel about section. On YouTube, it's under Dave Petrella. It's a P like Peter, E-T-R-E-L-L-A. I'm also on Facebook under the same name, which is Dave Petrella. And uh, Instagram is Dave Petrella 12. Uh, send me a message, guys. I like people to get involved. You know, I like to keep the conversation going. And this is about bringing the world together. Uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're coming into a new, a new age of light, I believe, and understanding. And uh, I want to I get all of the benevolent spirits out there whether you're weird looking or not weird looking you know we're we're part of one team and let's let's take us into the future yes well said mate uh, i can't wait to speak again soon please dave no doubt we will speak of something weird mate it just uh, it's inevitable isn't it uh, but we always oh, make sense of it all that's uh, yeah absolutely absolutely pleasure speaking absolutely. with you dave but uh, oh you, you too and i'll tell you what, mate. I'll tell you what we- we can do um we can do Bigfoot sometime too. I've got quite a bit to share about oh. that. Oh, 
Uh, I love Bigfoot. <laughs> I love it all, mate. I love it all. Right, I'm going to stop recording now, Dave, mate. Okay. six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.